Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I'm so happy you joined us today. You're going to love this podcast. I have a wonderful guest today, Kevin Campbell, and he's quite a musician. He he sent me his album that I was I have listened to several times since we got that and I, I feel like I almost know him already just from listening to his music and and I want you to get the opportunity to get to meet him too. So, uh, hi Kevin, can you tell us about you? Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. My name's Kevin Campbell. Um, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, singer-songwriter. The reason I'm here today, I have a new album out. It's called The Stages. And the stages for me are um, the stages of grief, the stages of metamorphosis, the stages of life. I had um, a couple of years ago, I lost my, my girlfriend of 22 years. Um, she she died from heat stroke while hiking the Pacific Coast Trail on a, like an unusually hot morning. And Wow. And after that happened, it kind of was in a tailspin. And just trying to get my life together and 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 move forward and you know work and do all the things I was already doing and trying to keep my head in the game and and eventually I started getting a little bit perspective and I wrote this album and it's my journey through the stages of grief. And that's quite wonderful. I, I love when people can have a creative outlet that, that can help so much, not only for you, but I think for other people who, who listen to your music too. I know I asked you ahead of time if we could play one of your songs or one of the cuts from the album and the, the podcast, and you said yes, and I'm very happy about that. And I kept listening to the songs and going, I don't know which one that I would suggest to you. So I thought I ask you to um, pick one, tell us which one it is, and we'll add the recording in when when we edit it. So we, we won't play it right now, but we'll be able to, since I'm familiar with them from listening to them, we'll be able to, to talk about it. And maybe talk about the album. Was Is the order of the music on the album kind of the order of your process, what what you dealt with or in some ways the the very first song loss of sea I, I wrote three months after melissa died and i was still in shock and then in the throes of grief and that's what that song's about and the last song cocoon was the last song that i wrote for the album and i was at covid it was christmas night i got my dad sick with covid and i was just up really late just trying to write this song i was trying to find closure to the album and and show that I was starting to move forward and like starting to accept the loss and you know and and that would be the song I would suggest that you play Cocoon because okay. um, like in that the opening line is going to need more time to mourn old me you know and it's like I made peace with like I'm different now than I was with her you know and I made peace with that my life will never be the same as it was with her but you know something beautiful could come from this you know like like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. So 
so the, the journey's there between that first song and the other one. The other ones they kind of just came at different times over a two-year period of me trying to work it out and figure figure everything out. I'm I'm, I'm glad you su- suggested Cocoon because I I really resonated with that one too, and it's interesting to hear the perspective of when you were writing it. That uh, I know I I wrote not music but the writing that I do. I wrote a lot during the pandemic. Because it just, it was something I could do. Yeah. And it gave me an opportunity to explore a lot of thoughts and feelings. And I can see that in your music, that that was what you were doing with this music, too. I thought Cocoon was an interesting uh, idea of about the song. I One of my chapters in one of my books is on cocooning. So when I saw Cocoon, I thought, hmm, we've got something in common there and in kind of the way that we think about things. Because with, with Cocooning, as as you know, it's, it's a total metamorphosis from a caterpillar into a butterfly. And in the, in the meantime, when they're in that cocoon, they turn into, oh, now I'm not going to be able to say the, the name of it. It's like an imaginal or imagine. It, it sounds like imagine, but that's, that's part of the word, but it's not the whole word. And what it is, is like goo with the transformation that they actually turn into that. And then out of that, the butterfly is able to emerge. And I thought that just sounds like grief to me, you know? Yeah, I had really, I'd written all about grief. And then like towards the end of the process, I started to realize how much I changed. I changed. And I was like, I was writing about metamorphosis too. And then I was like, did I just come up with that? And I Googled it. And then there's like a million grief. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I, I came to where everybody else ended up eventually. And so then I had that in my head, the metamorphosis. And that was kind of like leading to that cocoon feeling and thinking about it. And I had, I had lived in LA for 23 years. I met Melissa like five months after I moved there and we were together 20, 22 years. And I stayed there for 10 months after she was, after she died. And I was just like, I just can't, I don't think I can move forward as fast if I just stay here. So I decided to go to a city where I thought I could play a lot, play, you know, go out and play a lot of music. I didn't know anybody in Raleigh. I just kind of picked it and went here and I have two jobs and both of my jobs were online. So I spent a lot of time at home or walking my dog in the park. And I just started looking at my, my, my townhouse as kind of like this cocoon. Cause I was just sitting there working on me. Like I was journaling every day. I was meditating and I was just grieving because I was like all alone and it really hit me here the most. And that's where most of the songs came when I was after I had moved here. So yeah, that yeah, that's a that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't uh thought about it that much before, but those of us who had that kind of timeline where my husband died not too long before the pandemic, <laughs> and so you just everybody's in a different place after they they suffer a, a, a loss like that. But to have that and then to not be able to connect with people, that, it was tough. Yeah. I had trouble being around people that I knew because they were all looking at me like I was an alien. You know, it was kind of, it was kind of like they were always checking on me. It always gave me like that extra look to see if I was like, okay. And, and I didn't like that kind of attention, you know, and I didn't like, I didn't like getting advice <laughs> from people about like, you know, how, you know, you know just give it time and you're blessing. Like, I didn't like any of that. That's that became that song better. Now it, it was just, it was all too much for me. I, I just wanted to go somewhere where no one knew what happened to me. And when I talked to them, they just talked to me about whatever they wanted to talk about, you know, and not like about my grief. 
I just kind of wanted to handle my grief alone unless I wanted to talk to somebody I was close with about it, you know? And so moving kind of helped me. I, I feel like accept it faster. And are you comfortable there now? Is this where you're going to stay or what's your plans? I don't know if I'll die here, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm still going to give it a go. I'm four. I'm like four hours away from my dad and my sister now. So instead of being all the way across country, I'm just like a four hour drive. So that's a little bit better for me. And I grew up in Northern Virginia, so it's kind of close to being home. Yeah. Did, did, did you find that the, the opportunities you were looking for once the pandemic was over so that you got to play a lot or oh, get I did to play a lot? A lot? I, I moved here and hit the ground running and played a lot last year. And it gave me something else to focus on, you know, besides just like feeling sorry for myself and, you know, and, just, and you know, gave me like a new purpose and then made me realize like I can like still find joy amongst all of this stuff, you know. Oh, you know, that's what it's all about. I, I know uh, after Ron died, I was looking for my purpose because up until that point, I, my whole life had been focused on one thing or another. And since the, the last two years, especially since we moved to Maui, where he'd lived here a long time before I did, and he wanted to come here because it was where he, he felt most comfortable. So that's what we did. And then I thought, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> you know, everything yeah. that I know, all the, the all the jobs, all the connections and everything were on the mainland. And I just kind of had to figure things out. So I actually kind of moved to a new place too. And in a way, it it's really good because people here don't necessarily know my history, you know. <laughs> they yeah. they don't don't look at me and go, oh, she's a widow. You know, and and say all those things that you were mentioning that people say that yeah. I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, people are great. You know, mm-hmm. you know, they're either avoiding you or they're checking up on you like a million times. You know, this, but it's, it's all done with love. I feel like I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel angry about any of that that kind of thing. I just, it just, I felt like I would not have moved forward as quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I was really focused on just trying to stabilize my life and, and and get back to some kind of normalcy as much as possible, you know? Yeah. That's, that's really kind of how it is. I'm always having people tell me things that somebody said to them that just didn't work for them. And I've been kind of keeping track of, of things like, aren't you over that yet? Or, <laughs> or you can get married again, or, you know, those, those things don't help. Can, can you think of anything people say yeah, to you uh, that you'd rather uh, they didn't? <laughs> she, she died doing what she loved, you know, like that kind of stuff. And you know, just, just the time, the time thing is like, you, you tell somebody when they're like in the midst of it all that with time, it'll be better. And of course you realize that, but like, there's so many steps to getting better. <laughs> you, and I was I was instantly aware of it. I remember after I found out she died, I called her best friend right away. And I remember in the phone conversation, I was like, oh, these next two years are going to be like hell, isn't it? This next two years are going to be incredibly hard. I remember saying it to her like I just I just looked at it like that. I was like, because I'm my mom died. I knew how long it took me to like kind of like get feel normal. I just I just I did not want to go through it. <laughs> you know, I just I just knew it was going to be a lot of work and. And a lot of grief and a lot of sadness and a lot of change. And I don't, I don't like change. And that's why I wrote that in that song. You know, it's like, I'd rather just let everything be how it was 
even though I know that's not how it goes. Yeah. Wow. It, that's just, it, it's so interesting that, oh, that, that thought of them telling you that she died doing what she loved. It's like, that's not the way it was supposed to turn out. So that's not helpful. <laughs> no. Yeah. Really. It really isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's really made me think twice about what I say to someone and and make sure that I don't say the things that bothered me. And I know that it was it was done with kindness. It was done with love. They weren't trying to hurt me. It just was it's like I couldn't stand it when somebody said, I'm sorry for your loss. Because yeah. to me, that was like saying, have a nice day. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That and any advice that they would give, you know, it's like, you're going home to your husband. <laughs> Don't give me advice. You have no idea what I'm doing yeah. when, you, when you leave, you know, that was, that was like the, the hardest part for me, but I don't know. There's no real handbook to this that people are going to read before grief happens to them. You mm -hmm. know, and I found like, a, like, as soon as like Melissa died, the, in the next three months, the people that reached out to me had all lost their husbands. They lost their sons. And there were people that had like had been touched by grief. And they were just trying to ease it for me. They weren't giving advice. They were just checking in. They were talking to me, you know, they were recommending books and different stuff. And then, you know, and the people that really hadn't been touched by like, like death by anybody that was close to them, they just kind of stayed away until I was ready to like approach them, I think. That's a really good point that uh, those of us who have been in that situation know how good it feels for somebody to just care. Yeah. And I, I don't need advice for them. I just need to to be visible to them because I felt like I was getting invisible to other people who hadn't dealt with loss because they they didn't know what to say or how to act. I know when uh, when Jacques, I've had two husbands die. And, and when when Jacques died, he was had so many friends in the community where we lived. And when he first got sick, they were all over the place. It was hard for me to get time with him because everybody else wanted time with him. Yeah. And the longer he was sick, the further away they stayed. It's like they expressed what they were going to, and then they didn't know what to say after that. Yeah, I found that like up until the memorial, <laughs> everybody's great. Everybody's there. And then the moment the memorial's over, they were scared to talk about her again. And mm -hmm. I used to bother by it. I'd be like, you know, we used to go to your house all the time for dinner. How come you cannot say Melissa's name? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. I, I just know with me, like if I had died first, I wouldn't want her to like all of a sudden just stop talking about me forever and like forget about me. And, you know, not that anybody would forget about, me, but should be able to still talk to the friends that we hung out with about her, you know, but people just aren't comfortable with it. Oh, that's that's one thing that when when people ask me, what's a good thing to say to somebody? What, what are they going to accept? And I always say, say their loved one's name. Say yeah. something positive about them. Say, oh, I remember when we did this, or she was so cool at doing that. That uh, that always makes me feel good when somebody mentions that my loved ones. Yeah, I think they think we're going to spiral by hearing their name. But like, that's all we do is think about them, you know, like mm -hmm. your whole life changes, your bills double, you know, all your chores double, like everything. You, you can't forget about it. So when someone's remembering something good, it's like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's a good memory. Yeah, like that's. It's never been a bad thing if anybody ever brought her up to me. Yeah, it, it, that's a really good thing. And I hope people remember that when they're, they want to say something to yeah. somebody is, is to say that. Another thing they used to say to me all the time was, how are you doing? 
And I thought, well, that's nice that you're asking, but what do you want me to say to you? <laughs> and I, I finally started saying, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. I would, I would just give people the real answers in that, that first year. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's, it's been really hard. I've been like, and I'll just say it. And there would be a little flinch for some people because I don't think they were expecting me to go that deep. But I would just like, I just refused to like not talk about it for that first year. Like if someone asked me, I just I told them how I felt. I, did, I just didn't avoid it. I, it, it didn't help me. It's so good to, to talk to somebody. And I think that's why I like uh, facilitating the groups that I do now, that it's everybody's got something in common there. And we can all talk from our heart. And it, it just feels good uh, that you, you don't worry about stepping on anyone's toes or upsetting anybody or them upsetting you. That's that's one thing that I thought was, thought was funny that somebody would say that they were concerned about mentioning the, the loved one's name because it was going to remind them of what was going on. I said, they don't need a reminder. <laughs> no, not at all. It never goes away. <laughs> it never does. It never does. I mean, you definitely learn to live with it. And like, I like, I thought Melissa was like the whole book, you know, I thought it was a normal whole life. And it just turned out she was like a, a good chunk of the book, you know, like, and I'm still here. I know that she wants me to be happy. You know, and I know that she wants me to like, keep trying not like to like not to regress you know and just you know that's a, one of the main reasons why i finished the album you know because I, I didn't want to write it i was like no one wants to hear these sad songs and like i don't want to get up in front of people and sing these sad songs and that's what i thought but i had written so many songs about our love our love life and our fights and all the other stuff on other albums and stuff that i just i just felt like how could i just skip this and get to a point where i can write about other things and not address this you know and and then also in another way, like all the people that have reached out to me and did all this stuff, this is kind of my way of paying it forward. So if like you're going through it and you can sit there and listen to it and be like, oh, that's how I feel, you know, or like the song makes me feel better. Like, especially like that song I wrote, Baby, We Made It, you know, for, you know, like you, everybody has death to their part, death, death to its part as their goal, you know, and then when that actually happens, you're going to be sad. But like at some point you got to celebrate the fact that like that's the only thing that could break you up, you know, and. And that's that was kind of the, the perspective I got with time. Well, the, the death to his part, that was one of the things that got me because when uh, when my first husband died after that, I didn't feel like I wasn't married anymore. You know, we 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 didn't get divorced. We didn't have a big argument. We didn't have an ending to our relationship. And it it, it was it was a challenge for me to to move forward to you know it's like what do you do because you you can't continue the way you were because it's not possible yeah so what do you do now yeah and i I, I, I can always look back at this album as like the love i had for her our relationship you know how proud of it i was you know how wrecked i was and then i can see like the light in that album of me like coming out of that and then and, and starting to live again and and but at the same time like you know wishing us well you know yeah who we you know yeah i really um experienced a a, a sweetness from you in in the album it just it was i i could you know that 
the pain is kind of obvious, but it's not the kind that makes everybody else, you know, just fall apart with pain when they listen. Sometimes people say things like it's, oh my gosh, I did, I could have gone my whole lifetime without hearing that. But it was, it's just, it was a make you think sort of a thing that I really liked. I, and I could, I was relating it to my relationships and I thought it's so, so nice to have somebody in music to just bring this, this out. Yeah. I really tried to have like, you know, of course you're going to, the lyrics are you're missing them and there's pain and all that. But I also tried to like find different moments that I, that I was aware of as it was happening. You know, like I would go to bed every night and go, come see me in my dreams, baby. You know, come see me in my dreams, you know? And then the first time I actually had a dream about her, you know, like I was like, you're supposed to be dead. What are you doing? Why are you calling me? <laughs> and, and then like, after like a long time talking to her, I like finally was convinced she was there, you know? And then I woke up and I was just oh, like, wow. oh, and it was just felt like it happened all over again. And that's what I like, get to see you again is about, you know? And like I said, like better now is just like all the advice people were giving me is yeah, it's like, yeah, that doesn't make it better now. I was like, it's just like another, like a way of me showing like the steps that I was, I was going through, you know, um, good to feel bad. Sometimes I had written part of that first verse a week before she died and she was in there. She was a photographer and she was in her office editing. And I went in there with a the guitar and I go, Hey, check this out. I have this idea. I'm going to say bad a lot in the verse. I'm going to say good a lot in the chorus. And I started playing part of the first verse and she didn't turn around. She was just like, eh, you know, keep working on it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, because I mean, you know, it was, when you first start off, it always sounds rougher than it, when it ends. And, and then I went back to it after she died and the, the chorus is all about her and the rest of the verses is about her, you know, and, and I like the fact that she heard part of it and I put that on the album. You know, my oh, song every time, my song every time I had written that as a love song in probably like 2008, 2009, but it felt generic. So I never put it on any album. But I like the every time that I find line and I like the chords. So I went back and rewrote it. And and I know that she's heard part of that too. So like there's these little things I did for me on this album. And and I hired a new producer I hadn't used before. And so I, I like I heard some of the other work that he did and I really liked what he did. And, and I told him, I don't, you know, once it was such a big spirit, I wanted this music to have like that spirit too. And wanted it to sound like something you want to listen to again, even though the topics were heavy, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I felt like he did that for me, you know, brought in all these musicians and he guided it. And I'm like really happy with how the album came out. It's beautiful. It really is. Thank you. I like how you said that you were doing something for you with the album. Because that's what I always tell people. And somebody says, what, what can I do? What should I do? I, I don't like that should word, but what, <laughs> what is it? You know, give me some advice. I, I don't know where to go from now. And I always tell them the first thing to do is to take care of themselves. Yeah. And they find, find a way to do that, whatever it is. And you found such a beautiful way to do that. I feel like this is the first time I've ever achieved that for myself. This is like my sixth album and all the other albums I'd be in the studio like, oh, wait till people hear this. <laughs> you know, they hear yeah. this. You know? And then this one, like I didn't have that feeling. I was just like, ah, oh, that's how I wanted it to sound. Oh, that makes me feel, oh, that makes me feel this. And, you know, and, and then when I put it out and I started getting responses, I was like, oh, that's, that's great. I didn't expect that. Like it, It's really the first time for me. Yeah. Oh, that's that's neat, too, that it is the first yeah. time that you got to experience that. Yeah. That, that's so special. Yeah. It really is. Wow. So what are your plans now? What's what's happening? Uh, I don't I don't even know. 
Uh, the album's over. I don't know. I'm, I'm the kind of songwriter that like will just kind of sit on the couch with the guitar and just kind of noodle. And then all of a sudden some, something will sound good to me. And then I'll lead to like lyrics and I'll just chase the idea. And then when it's all done, the song's over. I'm like, oh, that's what I was thinking right now. Okay. That's what I've been going through. That made sense. So I really don't know until a song comes, like how I'm feeling. And then I start seeing a group of songs kind of having the same kind of message. And then I'm like, oh, I can make a theme out of this. So I have no idea <laughs> what's in my head right at this point. Cause I just finished wrapping up this album and it's out. So I'm just gonna try to live. I'm about to travel. I'm about turning 50 in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to Portugal for my birthday. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just trying to like, just do some things for myself and, working, going to see family over Thanksgiving and just, you know, and then hopefully some songs come out of the experiences. I bet they will. I, yeah. I took two big trips uh, about a year apart, not too long after Ron died, just because I wanted to do something and something for me where I wouldn't be around anybody that's going, oh, poor you, you know, or the things that people yeah. have a tendency to, they might not say it, but you feel it. Mm -hmm. And I I was able to go, uh, I went to Tuscany on the first trip and to Bali on the second trip. And both of them, I went with an organization of uh, ceramic artists. And that way there were people there. I didn't know any of them, but we had something in common that wasn't grief yeah. or death or that sort of a thing. Right. So we could talk about things. We went to classes together. We saw exhibits together. So we were really exploring something of common interest to us. And it made it a good way to travel by myself because although I was by myself, I wasn't really because there were sure. these other people around. It sounds great. It sounds amazing. It, it was both, both trips were truly amazing. And I'm so glad I did them. They were both things that I had planned on doing sometime with one of my loved ones. And it just never happened. We did other things, but those, those two trips in particular didn't happen. The yeah. one, the one to, um, Tuscany that, that kind of blew me away was I, I get the magazine from the ceramics people every month and they have ads in the back with different classes and different shows you can apply for and all that sort of thing. And I saw I kept seeing the same one for this ceramic studio that was in Tuscany where you could go and have like a residency and stay there for a while and, and work on stuff. And I just thought, oh, I would love to go to that place. And I, I kept trying to figure out how I could do it. And I finally decided, I, you know, I'm not that hot of a ceramist. Uh, yeah, I've been in shows and sold my work and stuff. But I'm, I, a lot of people do a lot more things than I do. And so I kind of put it on the back burner, but it was always kind of there in my head. And I signed up for this this. A trip and when I got the itinerary and it said where we were going to go one of the places we went to study was that studio oh crazy <laughs> so <laughs> kind of blew me away <laughs> I thought I, I was knowing it all along that this was going to be part of my life I just didn't realize how put it out in the universe mm -hmm. that, that's it is is uh being able to to think what would be nice or to say yes that's one of my big deals is if somebody invites me to do something, I used to kind of need your no, because I was always busy. I was always doing so many different things. I didn't have time to add anything else to my plate. And I got to the point when I was by myself, I thought, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to say yes and see what happens. And 
boy, I had wonderful opportunities because of that. That happened to me. I was a big no person with like when Melissa was around, you know, I just kind of pick and choose the things that like I wanted to do. She'd always want to go hiking. I'd be like, no, I don't want to go hiking. And like, and she always wanted to go swing dancing and I never wanted to go swing dancing. And like, after she died, I just like, why wouldn't you go swing dancing with her just one time? Just like, why didn't you give her that? And I was just so upset at myself about like that. And then I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to be bothered after, you know, she died, but I also didn't want to be alone. Cause like, I felt like if I just stayed alone, I would just end up alone. Like I would just, cause I said no so many times before, which before she died, if I did it after she died then all my friends would eventually just kind of abandon me and just leave me alone. Cause they, so I just started saying yes to stuff. Dinner parties. You want to come walk your dog, walk my dog with me? Come on. You know, and, and then I started realizing like, I don't mind doing these things, you know, like I'm actually, you know, I'm having a good time being out of house and doing things like that. So now I'm pretty much do a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot more stuff than I did. And there's a lot of like talking to the universe. Like I'm going on a hike right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't go on a hike. <laughs> you know, but I'm open to it now, you know, thanks to you. That kind of, that kind of talking. That's so good. I'm so happy to hear you say that because I, I think that, that that just makes all the difference in the world. And 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 you're I can see that you're happy that that you're having good experiences. And I think a, a lot of times people think they're never going to be happy again. And and if they can see those of us who have gone before be able to be genuinely happy, then that's that's a great inspiration to them. Yeah, my dad was a good role model too because you know he lost my mom and I just saw and. You know, they always say how you find meaning through loss, you know, and I was really close with my mom and I would always just say, tell dad this, tell dad that. And she was like, your dad says this. And, you know, I was, we always talked <laughs> to my mom and then after she passed, you know, like I, I, I kept checking in on him to see if he was okay. And then our relationship got really strong over like the last like 10 years. Like we talk all the time and, and, and I don't know if my mom is still alive, but we had this relationship that we have, you know, so, um, but he was like talking to me a lot in the early days, you know, like about what he went through after my mom died, you know, and I never heard him talk about that even after she died, you know, and that helped me know that I would be all right eventually one day. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's wonderful to have that kind of example too. Yeah. I know I, I, my parents died a long time ago and so I've always kind of wished that I had a, a mother figure or father figure or somebody that I could talk to and, and lean on like that, that would be, it, that's really wonderful that you got to have that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Thankful. Yeah. There's so much to be grateful for now. I know that gratitude has been a big, big thing for me. That's something that I never thought of before because I thought, what do I have to be grateful for? My husband's died, you know, <laughs> but when I, I stopped looking at it that way, <laughs> I had a friend send me a journal at the beginning of 2022 and, and it had like, it's a five, called the five minute journal and you'd write it in the morning and you write in the afternoon and it would it have this prompt. So it's like, write three things you're grateful for every day. And then like three things you would like to happen today. And then like write two mantras for yourself. And at the end of the day, it was like three things that happened today that you were, you were happy about. And then two things that could have made it better. And then I just started doing it. I did, I like did it every day for 2022 and I just started writing like, oh, this person checked in on me today. And like, I was just like noticing all these little small things that like made my day. And then I could like, like in September, I could look back at like February and January and see like how dark it was and like all the things I was like happy about that day. And I could see me piecing my life together through that book, you know. It definitely was one of the major points of like, of my advancement, you know, and through this grief and being able to like, 
feel good about life again, you know. That's beautiful. I I really wholeheartedly recommend writing in journals. I write in my journal every day. And I write things like what I'm grateful for, but I've, I've got a whole pattern of things that I do. And I, I close it out every day with writing down something that brought me joy the day before. Hmm. And sometimes I have to think about it. But most of the time I'm realizing that there's something that that it's it's going to be on happy, something that, that really brought me joy the day before. And it feels so good. And if I ever start to get down, I can just flip through and go, oh, well, this happened and this happened and this happened and life's not so bad, you know? Yeah. I would write down stuff like I cleaned the place today, you know, like I would never think about joy of cleaning the place. I'd like be something I'd bitch about like, ah, it's cleaned all day, you know, but like I started like looking at that as something like, Hey, I'm taking care of myself, you know, and this Mm -hmm. is like, this is part of it. Yeah. And it feels so good to live in a clean place, you know, (laughs) that, that you didn't, didn't really think of it that way before, but now you can, you can see the beauty in that. Yep. Definitely. That is so wonderful. Well, I I have enjoyed talking to you so much, and I'm sure our listeners will too. And we will put in the show notes uh, the name of the album, and I guess you can get it any place you get albums. Is that right? Wherever you stream. And also, um, KevinCampbellMusic.com. Okay, we'll we'll put those in the show notes so that you'll have access to them because you'll you'll want to have this album. I I always recommend using music when you're dealing with things like this. There's there's so many kinds of music that does so many different things for you. Like my uh, husband Jacques loved Baroque music, especially Bach, and so I listen to that and think of him. And my husband Ron loved jazz. And that was, you know, the opposite. And I kind of like everything in between. So I like lots of kinds of music. And I love to go to concerts, especially to go see people perform. I, it, as a musician, you might find this kind of strange. But when I go to a concert, I like to sit someplace where I can actually look closely at the musician. I can make eye contact if possible with the person who's performing. And I'll smile. And I just want them to know that somebody is truly enjoying them, truly listening to what they're doing. And I I love the response I get from musicians when you do that. I think yeah, a lot of times happy, people aren't there. Yeah. <laughs> we're happy to have somebody looking at us or like singing the lyrics or something, you know, as opposed to they're talking. <laughs> and when you get done with the song, they're yeah. still talking, no clapping or anything. Just to have that connection, you're like, ah. Yeah, it's it's so good. I just think it's so important. I, I used to have a live theater, and one of the things that I liked to do when we didn't have a play running was to have different musicians come in because the people would sit in the audience and look at them, <laughs> and they could really interact with the audience and enjoy the performance with the audience. And they were always saying, I'll come down there anytime because <laughs> it's so nice to have somebody pay attention. Right, <laughs> hey, yeah. So that's that's a little clue to all of you out there. When you go see live music, make sure that the uh, performers know you appreciate them. So, well, thank you so much for for being here today, and I I just wish you all the best, and I have a wonderful trip for your birthday. I think that's great that you're doing that. I have my uh, stepson and his wife are in Portugal right now. That they went over there just because they always wanted to see it and experience it and be there. And it's this is a bucket list trip. This is definitely oh, a bucket, bucket list trip for me. I've always wanted to go. That's really cool. Really, really cool. I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. That's wonderful. 
Thank you oh, so I'd much love, for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm grateful to have you. And I'd, I'd love to stay in touch with you. And I'll be sharing your music even more and letting Thank people you. know how cool it is. So thank you, and I'll see all our listeners again next week. Thanks for being here. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.